Welcome to the Resurrection People podcast with Preston Sharp, pastor of Sacrament Church in Nashville, Tennessee, and curator of The Art of Preaching. Each week, we look at three readings from the Bible, drawn from the Revised Common Lectionary. Find more at theartofpreaching.substack.com. Welcome back to the Resurrection People podcast. We have entered a new church year, and it is the season of Advent. Now, I'll talk a little bit more about Advent and what it means in our Sunday benediction, but uh, today in this episode, I just want to talk about our Old Testament reading, which comes from Isaiah 64, 1 through 9. And in this reading, we see the longing of Advent in fullness. The prophet says, oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, verse 1. The prophet says that the world needs dramatic intervention, needs a world made right with God's presence. And the prophet says that it is only God who can do this. There's nothing that has ever happened in the world that could do what God can do by coming near to us. Now, this is such a necessary reminder for the person of faith. Every day we must remember that we need God. There is nothing else which could make us whole or right or good. There is no diet or exercise plan that can make us perfectly right. There is no book that we can read or program that we can start which will put everything in order. Now, these can all be wonderful things, but they are not the dramatic intervention or reorientation of the true and living God. Now, this brokenness that the world is experiencing, this need for intervention, The religious community is not immune to this. It is not that the religious community can look at the world and say, yeah, they're really messed up. The world's really messed up while remaining pure ourselves. No, Israel here shouts, we have all become like one who is unclean and all our righteous deeds are like filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf and our iniquities like the wind take us away. The reference to righteousness as like filthy cloth doesn't just mean that it's like using dirty rags that are used to wipe up mud. No, these garments are now like polluted. They are deemed unfit for use ever again, except to just be burnt up. This is what righteous deeds are worth when used to gain any kind of merit to earn our salvation. Even our good deeds in this world often fail. Now, maybe you've noticed this in your own life. Very rarely do many of us actually experience a good deed that is done purely. So in our world, unfortunately, often we do good deeds in order to gain influence, to gain a favor that can be done in return, or we do it to look good for an Instagram post or something like that. So we live in a messy world where even good deeds are not really pure. Does that mean we shouldn't do good deeds if they're messy or imperfect? Does that mean that we always are introspective and looking in and going, am I doing this good deed out of a completely pure heart or, or not? And if so, then I, if, if not, then I shouldn't do it at all. No, we should still do good deeds. But in these situations, even our good deeds are signs that they will never be enough. Our reading today affirms, there is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the hand of our iniquity. The condition of Advent is a world in sin and death. 
So that's what we celebrate in Advent. <laughs> no, we don't celebrate the sin and death, but we do recognize it. We start, Advent begins in the dark. How's that for tis the season to be jolly? <laughs> this is Advent. We bring our broken selves and our broken world to God. And yet, we also experience moments of grace. Undeserved moments of mercy peek through in the most unlikely places. Every once in a while, we do experience an act done for no other reason than self-giving love. Does that mean it's perfect? No. Does that mean that those good deeds somehow earn salvation? Of course not. But they are signposts of God's grace. God is the one who shows up. Why does God do it this way? Why does God wait so long to return and make all things new? Why not just make everything right at the first Christmas? <laughs> or at least at the resurrection? Why is there still all this waiting? Why are Christians awaiting people? I don't know. But I do know something happens in waiting. As we wait, sometimes all that we know is that there's a rumor. There's a hope. There's an expectation that he'll return. We're waiting and we hear these whisperings, these longings. We know he's coming. He's returning. We are the people of the rumor. Christians are. A people of the whispers. A people who strain to see the light. Now, one of the biggest hurdles in my life has been getting over the need to see tangible, earthly success as a sign of validation of God's work in my life or in the world. The reality, though, is that our world is so broken that living for God won't necessarily cause you to get ahead in this world. <laughs> living for God will not necessarily make you richer or more successful or more attractive. Now, that doesn't mean rich and successful and attractive people are not living for God. It just means the two aren't correlated. In fact, when we live by the ethics of the kingdom, it often means sacrificing those things for the sake of a different goal. Now notice our passage doesn't end with the devastation of Israel. It ends with a word of trust. Yet you, Lord, are our father. So in the midst of our devastation, in the midst of all we're experiencing that we can't even see you, we can't even feel you, the prophet says, yet you, Lord, are our father. We are the clay, you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. I once heard, heard someone say that all a potter needs to take a lump of clay or a pot that's been misshaped is just warm water. This is perhaps a nice image of baptism. When God forms us, he does so by taking us through the waters, constantly shaping us by our baptismal identity. In the waiting, we become a people of hope a people of expectation, a people who live in such a way that we anticipate the end result. One of the images from the Old Testament that fits so well with Advent is the watchman. We are an Advent people, which means we're a watching people, those who stand in the in-between times, living and waiting in hopeful expectation. Thanks for listening to the Resurrection People podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review to help us get the word out. 
You can hear full sermons at sacramentchurch.com and find out more at theartofpreaching.substack.com.